Hello, and welcome to the One Big Podcast. Once again, I'm here, your host, fellow worker Jason, and I'm here with my co-host, fellow worker Derek. Say hello, Derek. Well, hi, everybody. Today, we're tackling one of Derek's favorite things, um, constitutional language and <laughs> and bylaws. <laughs> it's going to be a zesty, this it's going to be a zesty episode. This is Derek's show today. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. What, what did I call this? This is this is the convention pre game. Let's uh, God, yeah, we're gonna tailgate convention. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're tailgating. We're tailgating convention here a little bit. Who's ready for some whereases and uh, it resolves? That 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 is that is the question. Uh, yeah. So you know, there's there's a couple of things here. Um, if if you you know if you're a fellow worker, I I'm assuming that there are some folks in the audience. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming there are folks out there who listen to this show that might not be I industrial workers of the world members. And if that's the case, like I don't know how interesting this will be to you. And, I, and, and if you are, if, if that's the case, iww.org/join. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If that's the case, iww.org/join. That's right. Good. 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 That's a good call, Jason. If if you are a member of the union, I also don't know how interesting this is. This is to you. <laughs> um, but like I, me, get cozy, and you know maybe start cleaning the kitchen a bit, or you know just. Busy your hands, otherwise your brain's going to fry. <laughs> so, I mean, before we even dive into things, though, I do want to kind of point out like an interesting phenomenon here. Um, you know, there is this year, and I, I, I don't know, like, like I don't have enough data to call a trend yet, right? Like, we'll want to see this as it sort of goes on. But I'll point out that um, this year we have one, two, we have three. We have three resolutions that have been sent to general headquarters at this time. Uh, it is my expectation or my understanding that we can still add resolutions at the floor of convention. They still have to conform to the standards that we have. But one of the questions that I have about this is, you know, why? Why are there so few resolutions? And I don't know if I'm going to complain about this too much, but I, I don't know. Like, what, do, what do you think, Jason? Like, does it surprise you that we only have three resolutions this year? Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many we had last year. Feels like a lot, but we didn't get through any of them. So, you know, if we get a few that are just well-crafted mm -hmm. and, like, we can actually go through instead of, you know, like, 30 that are just, like, hey, we want to change this one sentence. Hey, we want to change. And then we have to do the whole, um, I forget what the name of it is. Or like, hey, your, your two amendments are, like, the same. Can we just combine them? We have, like, the break-off room. And, you know, we are like, hey, th this is just, like, yours. Can we all just combine these six into one thing? Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. If we can avoid that and spending, like, a whole day doing that, Sure. Give me fewer. I'm always about quality over quantity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think last year we had, we had a good number of resolutions and you know, I think we could probably count if we wanted to be super accurate about it, but I think for now we're just going to stick with the vague, the vague number of more than three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like we definitely had a had a decent number of resolutions. We also had um, some charges that had to be that had to be um, reviewed and um, committees convened, etc. Uh, but this year there are so far only three resolutions, and I will point out that last year we passed a resolution um, and it was adopted in referendum that basically required that 
all resolutions, it was a constitutional change that required that all resolutions submitted to convention had to be endorsed by two additional branches beyond the branch that was moving the that the, the original mover of the resolution, right? So in all, you basically had to have three branches that were like, yes, this is something that I that I support and want to make happen. And I, I think at the time I had a concern, and in our own branch, we had a pretty rigorous debate. There were two, there were two things that I was concerned about last year. One of them was that that three branches resolution. And the other one was a two-third vote threshold in order to basically send things to referendum. Um, and I think the position that I took, the Ypsilanti GMB voted no on both of those resolutions at convention. And you know the reason that that I think was put forward, and one of the things that I had argued myself at the time, and I can speak for myself, is that is that these would limit like democratic, like democracy within the union. And I think that what we're seeing here is is maybe something like that. And I, I don't know. I'm not. I I, I want to be clear. I'm not like doing the sky is falling. Democracy in the IWW is over. Like that's that is not that is not what I'm saying. But. You know, I will say that a 51, a 50, a, a simple majority threshold for adopting language and um, and and any branch can send resolutions to convention language is is interesting in that it creates a lot of work for convention to do. Right. It creates a lot of work for convention to do. But it also generates like a lot of discussion and debate. It, it allows like new ideas to filter up. And this sort of and I'm going to call it without meaning to insult anybody, right? But like this sort of bureaucratic process that we've built ahead of time, which is basically, you know, branches have to talk to each other, which I'm not opposed to. Branches should talk to each other, but branches have to talk to each other. They have to consider the language independently. Then those branches have to pass their own resolutions. And once everyone stamps their stamp of approval, then if three branches have done this, then it can go to it can go to convention. I think that we've lost a little bit of chaos, which is good, but also potentially bad in some ways, because there are a lot of ideas that I just think maybe we're not going to see because we've made it harder to put those discussions forward into the IWW's national convention every year. I think it does make us a slower moving ship, you mm. know, like harder to turn and that kind of thing. But uh, I'm actually hoping that we have in-person convention hopefully happening this year, bar any sort of catastrophe this time, yeah. that those ideas, instead of being like presented as amendments and then discussed and then those ideas coming out, you know, we'll just be able to meet each other and talk and like three branches will be much easier to get together because it won't be a Zoom meeting with a couple of branches. It'll just be like, hey, our branches thought about this for several years. Oh yeah, our branches think about the similar thing. Let's trade contacts. And then like, it'll be easier to, you know, get three branches on board hopefully yeah that would be great and and so again i want to be clear that i'm not i'm not saying the sky is falling democracy in the iww is that i'm not saying any of that any of that shit i just it's just it's just something that i'm wary of and i and i you know i i i i'm watching out for one year does not a trend make and you're right you know maybe maybe this will foster a lot of inner branch dialogue i mean the ypsilanti we have three branches in Michigan. We have Grand Rapids and we have Detroit and we rarely communicate with any of them. And that's on us and that's on us. And that's on, 
and that's on them, right? Like communication is a multi is a multi street or so a multi two way street. I think is the phrase, but there are three branches. So I'm trying to figure out how to say like like two two way street with three branches. It's a three way. Whatever. The point is, it's a three way. You heard it from Derek's mouth. <laughs> the point is, is is it takes a lot of people to kind of to kind of make that happen. And I think that we should do it more often. I think that's something that we should that we should look at doing more often. And we just have to make it happen. So, but we're not here to talk about that today, are we? Although I'm going to put this idea out there for if anybody in those other two branches is listening, maybe like six months after convention, we have a like Michigan branch meeting mm. Mm. Or, or even like a Midwest branch meeting. There was some talk about putting together a Rust Belt organizing committee, um, like a regional organizing committee a few years back. But um, that just I, I think that we all sort of dropped the ball on that in the long run. So Ten they'd balls. be cool. I'd be super into that. So this year, what we are have, we here to talk about? Yeah, this year, we're okay. here to talk about a couple of the, uh, you know, some of those resolutions, some of those resolutions that we received. And, you know, there are three resolutions, and I, we're not going to spend a lot of time focusing on, on, on the first two, which is Central Oklahoma GMB number one, CD abolishment. Uh, uh, and that's, and that's, I think, abolition, that's calling for like, vinyl the only. vinyl, ah, vinyl only. Wow, that's, that's a solid joke. <laughs> Um, you know, they're calling for the for the removal of certain constitutional language as it relates to, I believe, the communications department. Um, there are, are a lot of reasons for that that they put forward that I'm not going to dig into today. There's also uh, another resolution here from um, Seattle, which I think is very interesting, calling for reform about how we form industrial union branches. There's a really interesting discussion in here about like how the IWW organizes in general and about how we build structures within the union. And I actually think that the Seattle branch resolution is super interesting. Um, I think all of these resolutions are interesting. And I would be interested in talking to anybody from those branches who like put these forward and want to talk about them a little bit. Maybe we could do some outreach. But what we are here to talk about today is this amendment to the bylaws and constitution regarding complaints against members, conflict resolution, and charges against general officers, general executive board number one. AKA the longest one. <laughs> AKA the longest one. Now this is a resolution that has been coming for a very long time. Um, yeah, how know. did we get here? You know, I think, you know, that's it's an interesting it's an interesting question, and it's one that I don't even have the full story of. I feel like when I joined the IWW six-ish years, six or more years ago, I don't remember when I joined the IW, I have to check my red card, but when I came into the IWW, one of the first things I learned is that we had a process that allowed that allowed us to, like, file complaints and charges against members and and that was a thing that could happen and that everybody hated it and that it was considered like a political instrument and like people would use it to like purge the IWW of certain people and like like and I, I'm not saying that any of that was true it's just like what I heard what 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 do you know about the complaints and charges process absolutely nothing when I have a beef with somebody I'll just set it with them personally <laughs> that's great good I mean that's a very healthy way to look at things Jason um <laughs> So, I mean, even, you know, since I've been in the union, I, I've seen several rounds of changes to the resolution language. I think we added mediation language in a couple uh, a couple of years back. And actually, our branch has engaged in mediation a few times and found it to be 
very successful um, and very and like very useful. Uh, we have a few fellow workers who who are social workers who have agreed to kind of step into mediation roles, and that has really helped resolve certain concerns between members inside of our branch and members outside of our branch. Sometimes, but I will say that yes, sometimes I will <laughs> say that one of the one of the one of the complaints that IPSIWW's membership. Um, uh, had when they engaged in complaints committees is that they had no idea what they were doing. There was no explicit structure on how to build such a committee. There was no explicit direction about like how to call witnesses and what happens if there aren't witnesses or, you know, what happens if the complainant doesn't show up for a hearing? How many times do you reschedule before, you know, you enter a default a default ruling, uh, I don't know if it's even called a ruling, but like a default decision that's like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> like, 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 like what? A what? ruling of like bad faith. Yeah, or something. And and so, and, and also like these committees have the power to remove people from the union, which is, that is a potential outcome for like very serious, for like very serious and egregious um, complaints that have been filed. So having this process having a good process here is something that we should have. The IWW is not alone in, in terms of unions that have complaints and charges processes. There are other unions that do, not every union does. I actually think that having a complaints and charges process makes a lot of sense. Um, I know, like I've seen, I've seen at least one member in um, AFT, for example, basically get railroaded out of the union at some point by backroom backroom bullying because there was no charges or investigation process, uh, and you know they got accused of some of some shit. And a couple of people got them in a back room and said, "Look, you're going to step down from your position and you're going to leave the union, or X, Y, and Z is going to happen." And they did. Like there was no there was no formal process laid down in the constitution or their bylaws to like investigate and and pursue charges. So having this structure makes a lot of sense to me. It helps to know that there's um, consequences, you know, for being a bad actor in the union. So, yeah. And I mean, let's also not forget that the IWW has been a frequent target of bad actors over in its long history. And so on the one hand, like, I think that the IWW, it is incumbent upon us as fellow workers to not be, like we can't be purists. The union cannot afford to become a puritanical place in which there is a central party that makes decisions and then wields the charges process as a cudgel to remove people from the union. I'm not seeing that, that, that that's what happens, although I think that there are some people who think that that does happen. And 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 maybe there are maybe they're right in thinking that. I I don't know. I think it's a controversy and a discussion for a separate day, but but there are definitely people who have suggested that this has been used politically in the past to remove people or to kick people out of office in some cases. And I'm not even thinking about the recent controversies. I'm thinking about the history of the union, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think that as with all things in the IWW, we're probably never going to have a perfect process um, because there are a lot of people who disagree what we have to be wary of are fellow workers who are using charges and complaints processes in bad faith. And we have to be aware of that and we have to be thinking about it. And I think it's actually important for charges committees to weigh whether or not 
charges have been filed in bad faith. And all we can do is make a good faith assumption in our fellow workers that the charges committee is working in good faith. And unless there's evidence to the contrary, the the complainant is also operating in good faith. Yeah. And if also, well, to that point, basically save the complaints department or committee or whatever for serious things and not just they're mean to me or on the internet yeah or they're like they have a different outcome in mind when they think about the revolution it's like that's not i don't that's settle it on your own time that's right i got over over a cup of beer or if you're not a drinker um, or in a boxing ring i don't care either way coin flips whatever works for you yeah rochambeau just get it out wow okay uh, so let's talk about the actual the actual resolution itself. So there are a number of changes in it. It looks to me like, and I'm and I'm basing this off of what was published in the general organizing bulletin, right? So um, I don't know if the language has been changed recently or if there are other edits. I'm just basing on what I received in June, essentially. Um, so it looks like there aren't a ton of changes to the mediation process. Uh, which is good because I actually like the mediation process as as written at this point. Uh, it, it's worked pretty well for us. The branch or other applicable union body. So I will say this about it. Uh, so there's a section here that's like mediation section F. The branch or other applicable union body. So they've added that in or other applicable union body shall reimburse. Mediation is expensive and it and and, and it's a lot of work. Like... We live under capitalism and people have real have have like they have jobs and they have they have things to do outside of the union. And, you know, I know that one mediation session that our local mediators did for a complaint took like a month to do. And it took hours of discussion and scheduling and working through problems. Um, And we paid them three hundred dollars. Our branch could. If there were a lot of mediations, we could not always afford to pay that. And if the IWW wants to make mediation a serious option, one, I think we have to train mediators. Um, And two, we have to kind of work out like maybe a split with national or figure out some way to make this fundable. And frankly, the $300 that we gave to our mediators was a paltry sum compared to like the going rate for mediation. So there was a lot of donated labor in that in that process. So that's one of the big changes in the mediation section. They're calling for the branch or other applicable union body shall reimburse the mediator for any reasonable expenses incurred in the process of conflict mediation. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip around a bit. Um, I'm gonna jump down to complaints and mediation committee. So this this looks to be like all new material. They have struck this section previously called jurisdiction, terms of immediate relief, rights of members, confidentiality, appeals, and offenses apply as stated in bylaws, Article 3. And they've opened up this whole new section called complaints and mediation committee. Uh, the complaints and mediation, boy, this is exciting shit, I know. I, 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 I <laughs> edge of my seat, Derek. But but to the very point I just made, this section establishes the Complaints and Mediation Committee, called the CMC, uh, that is charged with recruiting and training a body of IWW members to investigate and hear complaints 
that are not primary that are primarily not of an intra branch. And 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 we looked this up before the meeting just to be sure we we understood <laughs> the difference between intra and inter, uh, and and that and that means within branch. So like if the IPCIWW has has an issue. Uh, the, the, it doesn't sound like this applies there. It is like if if someone in the Ipsy branch and an, and an at-large member, or someone in the Ipsy branch and the Detroit GMB have have a beef, then um, then this then this committee would be training people to investigate and look into that. That's cool. I think that's a. I think I personally think that that's a that's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I, then it's good to have like a referee. Yeah, and people who are hopefully unbiased and and like the language here says like experienced and or trained members of the CMC serve the union as a member, mediator, adjudicator, or MMAs. <laughs> they are gonna settle it. <laughs> they are one way or another. Um enter the octagon. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, because then Joe Rogan would show up and fuck okay. that. So. Yeah. Okay, you're right. This is like a side question. Does the IWW have an industrial branch of social workers or mediators in, already? That's an interesting that's an interesting question. So we did for a minute there was there was an industrial union 615 that popped up at some point, but I think that so I would need to follow up to answer this for sure, but the last I saw there was a motion a while back I think to dissolve 615 because of in, due to inactivity. But there was also just an email that went out from the organizers of that industrial union that basically were trying to get the gang back together again. So we might have 615 again in the near future. I know the Ipsy branch, we have we have a we have a, an industrial organizing committee effectively called um the Social Service Workers United, uh, which which have handled that's right. Let me see you, Swoo. That's right, <laughs> Swoo. Um, and they're all social workers and social service workers, and they've helped a lot of our mediation. Yeah, because, I mean, that would be a natural fit for a national body. Yeah, yeah. So I, I will just kind of go on and say that, like, the CMC, the Complaints and Mediation Committee, the language here goes on to establish basically a committee and how it works. So like a lot of these changes up front are like, we're going to build a committee. Here's who's on the committee. Um, here's some stuff about how the committee works. But importantly, um, one thing they're going to hopefully provide is mediation support. So they they will be an option for us to submit requests for mediation support. That's that's a super big deal. I'm super into that idea. Um, they've also established like a complaints procedure, and 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 so I actually I actually like this idea. So if you think back to how like the complaints procedure, how familiar are you with the IWW's complaints procedure, Jason? Zero familiarity. Okay, so I won't throw any pop quizzes at you then. Like like I said, all, all of my complaints I'll take. 101. Okay. All right. All right. So, so one of the things that a complaints committee has been charged with historically is whether or not, like one of the first things they're supposed to do is determine whether or not the, the charges as filed warrant pursuing, right? Like a, is it within, is it within the jurisdiction of the, uh, is it within, like, do we have jurisdiction over it? Is it covered by the, by the bylaws or the constitution? Is it of a substantial nature? Like those are all things that the committee is supposed to kind of do first. And, and these people, like this CMC complaints procedure basically says, you know, one of the first things that will happen is when you submit a complaint, they will select three MMAs whose first step is to review 
the evidentiary claims and topics of the complaint to determine whether or not the complaint is unfounded on its face. So that's like the first thing that happens. Awesome. I think that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. I, first step, what's their problem? That's and right. What's, is, what, and what's is it problem? our problem? <laughs> and is it our problem? That's right. Um, that's exactly right. And they also determine whether or not, you know, like we even have the grounds to involve the union. Uh, I think it's like, it's a, it's, I think there's an element here that basically says like, we're not here to like resolve your personal beefs. Like, is there, is there a matter of substance in the constitution or within the, or relates to the union that we have to resolve here, which sometimes personal beefs can result in that happening, but not always. Like we said, if you're, if you're just being mean to somebody on the internet, it's like, well, until it spirals into a point where you drag our name into it, it's not really our problem. That's right. So and then, and then it's a th- bad look. Yeah, for sure. Hmm? Like keep that stuff private. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so if and so this is kind of neat. So if they find if the preliminary panel determines if these three people determine that there are grounds um, or a, an appeal is successfully filed and the people who review the appeal essentially say, which is it looks like it's a combination of the GEB and uh, and three different MMAs, and MMAs again are what? Mixed martial arts, come on. No, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Three MMAs pop out of an alleyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, we're entering abbreviation soup here. Member, mediator, adjudicators. I knew mediator was one of the M's. Uh, So basically, you know, you can appeal, a group of people will review the appeal, and, and so either... If the preliminary panel okay's the charges or you appeal it and and the appeal and the appeal group says okay yeah uh then it goes on to an investigation panel okay, I'm I'm uh, so far I'm I I'm kind of into this stuff like there there is a bureaucracy here but I want to be clear like the IWW has never shied away from bureaucracy like we we have a bureaucracy one way or another um, but it's a member run bureaucracy. So it's a different flavor. It's a different flavor. That's right. Um, so basically we then form an investigation panel and, and that's, that's kind of interesting. So a canvas of available MMAs is conducted and they pick some MMAs that are like unbiased and are willing to like, like provide some investigation, um, the they appoint a chair uh of the investigation panel which is cool and then they appoint um it looks like three people like i'm just reading through this language the investigation panel shall elect a regular panel chair from among its ranks how many people get appointed oh yeah three people three mmas so three new mmas get appointed we have a lot of mmas i think if there's one critique that i can that i can make of this so far um based on what I've read of it is in order for this to work, we're going to need a pretty decent pool of MMAs. We're going to need a lot of, a lot of mixed martial artists up in here, mediating, just chopping it up, mediating problems. Like, yeah. So the original group doesn't actually like it gets replaced. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So so let's walk through the process. Uh, I, I'll pull out my flowchart. Um, yeah. Okay. So it looks like so far, I file I file a complaint against somebody outside of my branch, right? So let's be clear. This does this is not resolving issues between members of the same branch. This is members outside of the branch. 
Um, so a member of our branch, so I file a complaint against somebody outside of the branch. Um, the first thing that happens is a preliminary group of MMAs gets appointed mm-hmm. and they look at it and go, yes, this has grounds. And then it moves forward or they look at it and go, this doesn't have grounds and it, it stops there. Then I either appeal it or, or I let it sit. Assuming that I don't appeal it. I'm sorry, strike that. Assuming that, that the preliminary MMAs say, you know what, this is good to go. looks like what happens next is we canvas available MMAs. So more mediators is conducted. It doesn't say that it excludes the original group, but it is not the original group by default. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, it just feels like whoever's assigned at the beginning should just stick with it, you know? Yeah, maybe. Be like, hey, there is grounds for this, so now we're going to schedule, you know, whatever comes next. I think that you're not... I think that you're not wrong, but I think that there's a difference. Like if you talk to our fellow... Like if you talk to like Blake or Elise, for example, who are like on our committee... Um, one of, one of our, one of our complaints committees, like one thing, you know, that I heard is just like how many parts this process had and like just reviewing it for grounds, like that preliminary part is a process unto itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a question of like, if those people think that there are grounds, does that make them automatic? It doesn't make them biased, but is there a bias question we should be aware of? Because if I read something and go, okay, we have grounds to okay. pursue this. That's fair. Then you've already kind of made a decision. Maybe, maybe. And I, I I don't know if that's what they were thinking here. I don't, I don't have like the authorial intent here behind this to like know for sure. But, but it does look like what I see here is that this is a part where the respondent and the plaintiff um, both get to like review who they would exclude from their committee, right? Like mm-hmm. who would review, from, who who would you exclude from this committee? And so this is where they get an opportunity to do that. And it could, the original MMAs, the original mediators, um, member mediator adjudicants uh, could be on that list. And so they could make it through to the final round, but maybe they don't. But I think that there's like this opportunity for, the plaintiff and the respondent to kick to pick people off and jury selection, jury selection, basically. Yeah. Um, and then with that consolidated list, the chair appoints people. So it could contain those people, but it might not okay. with me so far. I am right beside you. Okay, great. Um, and then basically they investigate the investigative panel is responsible for convening meetings of the panel. It's necessary follow up on the investigations and related work of its members and drafting the decision through a final format uh, with either full consensus of the panel or a majority. So two people voting um, yay or or nay, essentially. And then the report of the investigation is sent out to the CMC. That's the new, it's the new committee, the mediation complaints and mediation committee. And then they'll, they'll follow standard procedure set out in section 10. I can't wait to see section 10. (laughs) Uh, and then there's a process to appeal it. So we're, you know, the, you can appeal it if you don't like what they say. Whew. All right. So that's the process so far. Preliminary investigation, group of MMAs, uh, and then an investigation committee comes up and and they investigate it and they they provide a report. With me, with me so far. Yes. In fact, here we go. All right. So complaint against somebody against in another branch. Yep. Investigate uh, whether or not it's our problem. Then if it is our problem assign people to investigate they make report no sorry jury selection they assign people to investigate and they make a report yep what's section 10 there oh my god (laughs) okay so 
I'm done in the complaint section. Um, have the matter referred to the GEB. Uh, sexual assault, other union-related conduct prejudicial to the good order and welfare of the IWW or its members. Wait, hold on. What is this? Offenses. Oh, okay. So we've updated the offenses a little bit. I think we've cleaned it up a little. A lot of this looks like cleanup. It also looks like we've added sexual assault. So that's a new offense. That's probably, I mean, I imagine that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. I wonder if it was I don't remember seeing that before. I wonder if it was just like listed, like like part of something else. I'm surprised that we've never had that in the, in the list of offenses yeah, before. Other union-related conduct prejudicial to the good order and welfare of the IWW or its members. What do you think that means? Seems pretty broad. Feels like a catch-all. It does seem a little bit like a catch-all, doesn't Feel, it? Feels like a, we just don't like it. Uh, maybe it does it does kind of come off that way i'm a little leery of that one that one i'm a little hmm, charges i want i want to look at the original charges language hold on complaints complaint who article 3 complaints against members uh offenses here's the original list of offenses oh yeah these things are not there they're really not there offside um traveling uh, uh. <laughs> wow no those are um, all the fucking sports terms i can think of i'm such a nerd out of out oh, no. of bounds like i don't okay um so yeah other union related conduct prejudicial to the good order and welfare of the iww or its members other union related conduct prejudicial to the good order and yeah that does sound like a we don't like what you're doing because it's affecting the good order. Ooh, I don't like that. This is, this is, this is, this is no offense to the people who wrote this. Cause I don't know. And I know the committee who wrote this. Like I, 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 like I've, I, I, I don't personally know the people maybe actually, I don't know who I, I've seen a couple of people report about it. Right. And like, I believe they put a lot of good work into this and they put a lot of effort into it. They, they, they had a lot of sessions where they talked with people about this so I want to be clear, I'm not like, you guys suck. Um, but this language, when I've negotiated contracts in the past, this language is what I would refer to as like weasel language. <laughs> because it, but, but I refer to it like not, like, I don't know, like when, when, when management puts it forward, I look at it and go, well, you can do anything with this, right? You can do anything with this. Um, and that makes me very uncomfortable you know, the response could be, well, you should have some faith in your fellow workers, but I don't know. I, I like, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure the intention was like, you know, someone's a fed and like they're purposely like sabotaging stuff or something like that. But it's a little broad. Yeah. So like if somebody shows up to a meeting, so here's so here. So here's a question about this. And th this is why I'm concerned about it. Like, first of all, I would I would seriously hate for this to happen. But if somebody shows up to a meeting and within the rules of that meeting prevents business from going forward by being a procedural dickhead, right? Like, uh, uh, a point of order and and you know all the various dumb who would ever do that Derek oh I mean I've never seen that I've never seen that I've never I've, seen people do that I've never been at a convention <laughs> ever done that I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but but I mean but so so if somebody does that and it's within the rules like if you can do that if you if you can slow things down my question would be is it the intention of this article to identify, like, if somebody said 
that that was prejudicial to the good order and welfare of the IWW, like a Fed could do that. That's like in the Fed playbook, right? But also, if you're just a fellow worker who disagrees with something and you're using the procedures of the union to like make it difficult to make a thing happen, do we charge you for that? Do you go through this process? And, and a committee of fellow workers would have to agree that it is that it's coverable, that it's an offense, but this is explicitly listed as an offense in the offense section now. This was not there previously. Yeah, it could just be like, uh, like someone's like trying to like, you know, protest something that's happening. And then we're like, all right, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that feels a little mean-spirited. <laughs> sure. I, I would be curious to hear the the authors, the, the people who put this together, the committee who put this together. I'd be curious what they think about it. I'd also be curious what other union branches think about that language. So far, of all the things, like I love this, I love this article so far, but like that, that language, offenses, uh, item eight, makes me very nervous. If you've made it through this episode this far, um, <laughs> you know, I, I would be very curious to hear from you about offenses item, new item eight, other union related conduct prejudicial to the good order and welfare of the IWW or its members. And then finally, the last item is all chargeable offenses must be related to the new last new item. All chargeable offenses must be related to conduct within the union or that affects the union or one of its bodies. Okay, that's fine. Interesting Interesting clarifying point, I guess. So harassment and discrimination, they define harassment and discrimination. So this was actually a part, there was a charge I recall that was made. And one of the questions was like, there was a charge of discrimination or harassment. It was a charge of harassment. And this part was like very vague. They've struck all of the har- the, they've struck a bunch of harassment language. Harassment includes, but is not limited to. They've struck that. Hmm. Is it broader? Well, that's already pretty broad. Harassment is conduct, endurance of which becomes a condition of continued participation in the IWW, and which is severe or pervasive enough to create an environment that a reasonable person would consider intimidating, hostile, or abusive. That definition seems fine to me. I think maybe they just cleaned this section up. I So I don't know if they needed that to begin with. So I think removing it is probably fine. I think people have a lot of faith in a lack of reasonable people. Um, okay. They've added a whole section on sexual assault. Wow. This is, yeah, this is a very, uh, very deep part here. Any member accused of or who perpetrates sexual assault or rape against any member or non-member at any time in the past or present should be immediately put on a temporary suspension of no more than 60 days from their branch and any other union bodies in which they participate. What happens, like, how does IWOC handle this? That's, I guess that's my question. How does the incarcerated worker organizing committee handle this? Because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would assume that sexual assault is a common part of IWOC. And this was a debate that our branch you know, has has kind of talked about a little bit, which is what do we do if someone applies to the branch and they have a history of sexual assault? What do we do? Well, we're supposed to organize people in jail. I'm like, people are in jail for things like this. Yeah. We exclude them, you know? It's like people in jail, but not murderers and rapists, you know? Yeah, this is something that I would really like to reach out to IWOC about and have a conversation. Um, and I'd actually be very curious to hear what they what they think about it because I I like this is just me being ignorant of like how this like how this is handled, how this is handled elsewhere. Um 
And I would be curious what impact this this has in in that area. Does IWAC already have rules about this? And um, because I mean, yeah. So like I said, you know, we've we we've had this discussion at our at our at our own branch, and like what we're supposed to do if somebody applies. Like if someone applies and they've been accused of sexual of like sexual assault. But yeah, what are we like? What are we supposed to do in that case? So this might actually provide some interesting direction, but it, there's also an interesting question I have about like, yeah, what we what what we do here. There's a section here about the branch or other applicable union body appoints a committee consisting of three to five people who are the least involved with and biased against anyone who's a part. The branch or other applicable union body shall thereby prioritize non cis male gendered members as part of that committee, which I think. I think makes sense. Thoughts? People who look like us have been running the world a while and we fucked it up. So maybe probably right. some other people. <laughs> but they can take but they can but they can take our podcasts out of our cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So we reference the LMRDA. So I'm gonna move on past sexual assault. I have more, I have like some questions. I want to kind of dig into that a little bit with some other people, but regardless. So this this goes on for pages and like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff here. There's an appeals section. Um, I think you know that. I think that's that's most of the biggest. That's most of the biggest changes. So I don't know. For my money, and I don't. I, I don't think we have to talk too much more. We've we've already. This is probably one of our longer episodes. Um, but <laughs> once I chop it up, baby. That's right. Thank you. There's a lot here, and I think that overall they've built a better process. And I know that the committee who put this together, based on the you know, what I've read when they've published things and called for meetings, like. I think they've put a lot of thought into this and I like what I see. I do have a question about the offenses section and that new kind of what feels like a catch-all offense that I'm very wary of. And I'm also curious about like what the, like how I walk thinks about the sexual assault section. I mean, overall the language makes a lot of sense to me, but like I said, I think this is also a debate we've had in our own branch. And it's a question that it's a tough question within abolition in general, you know, yeah. you believe in prisons. Well, what do you do with people who do horrible things? You know, but yeah. you can't just be like, you're not allowed to participate. I think that's the question that, that we've debated. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, th and, th and that's exactly right. Like if you have perpetuated some horrible thing, murder or rape, right. Like these are exceptional things um that are that are extremely violent like what do you do with those people if you're an abolitionist uh if we're if we're here to abolish the prison industrial complex and and to abolish the police like what does that look like when these things come up in our communities and what do you what do you do with them and and what i'm seeing here is essentially we remove them that's that's what this language appears to call for unless the member is open to mediation which you know if i'd been sexually assaulted I'm not sure that I would be. Um, this is essentially like, you know, for the safety of the members, which I agree with and I 100% am into, but this also means that our response is banishment and exile. And is is that correct? May, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I'm, well, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to know. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's a, it's it's a, it's a good conversation, and I would definitely de defer to people who. I mean, I mean, the voices that I think are super relevant here are people who have been subject to sexual assault, um, but are also abolitionists. Like I, I, I don't want those people to exist, but 
if they do exist, and I would assume that they do, I would be curious like what their solution to this problem is because I I don't have the experience or the insight into this problem to like reasonably speak up about it. And so that's why this entire section feels like a big question mark to me because it feels appropriate to me, but but there are also philosophical questions that maybe just aren't relevant, you know, as a as a white male who's never been sexually assaulted, like I don't think I can reasonably speak to this. And and I want people who can speak to it to speak to it. So 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 the call out is for IWOC abolitionists who uh have feelings about sexual assault. Um the the people that wrote the new complaints department stuff um yeah. and who else there was somebody else you wanted to the <laughs> other thing is anybody who wants to talk about that that offense that that, oh, yeah, that yeah. new the, listed the offense thing. that catch-all offense i'd be curious you know a i'd be curious what the committee who wrote this like what their like what their intention was and then the other part is really people who are who also find this language interesting like what do they think about it i'd be curious otherwise i love this i love this entire thing i'm glad you we walked it through it because guaranteed a lot of people are like me and not going to read 20 pages well now i gotta do it <laughs> not, now we gotta do it again with our branch our branch our branch committee to review these these things now we have to do it with them so yeah all right well it's been fun yeah fun yeah that's that's <laughs> what it's been <laughs> yeah until next time uh We'll see you then. Bye. All right. Bye. And that's the show, folks. It was recorded and edited by me, fellow worker Jason. The intro and outro song are also by me, fellow worker Jason. If you'd like to join the IWW and be part of the One Big Union, go to iww.org slash join. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, you can always email us at ypsilanti at iww.org. And until next time, an injury to one is an injury to all.